0: okay um just a couple of thoughts to get us going this morning it's warming up already isn't it yeah great when when you greeted each other this morning did you actually know the name of the person you were greeting no if not did you introduce yourself or did you just politely go through the routine because that's what we do here on a Sunday morning? How do you normally greet your friends? Hi, how are you doing? Give them a hug, give them a kiss. Do you do you greet your family in the same way? Well, yeah, probably, but... <laughs> For me, I can't remember the last time my almost 40-year-old son actually gave me a kiss or I kissed him. We just don't do that sort of thing still. Anyway, in our reading this morning, it comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, and it says this. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ... To all the saints in Jesus Christ at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel all of you sharing God's grace with me God, how can, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That was nice, wasn't it? That was a lovely greeting and a great word of encouragement. Lord, open your word to us this morning and by the power of your Spirit, help me to deliver your message I also pray for all of those who will be speaking your word this week. Amen. Now, the church in Philippi was Paul's crown. It's his joy and his crown. Of all his churches, it gave him the least trouble and the most satisfaction. So Philippians is a letter of joy bringing over with expressions of gratitude, affection, and love. In a few lines in the book of Acts, the work of the Holy Spirit guiding Paul and his companions is boldly stated. The Holy Spirit had prevented them from going to Bethsaida, so they went to Troas where Paul had a vision he heard a man from Macedonia pleading, come, come over and help us, please. Paul had once persecuted believers in Jesus until he had his vision on the Damascus Road. And since then, he remained obedient and responded to this vision. He set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so they made their way to Philippi. Philippi was a Roman colony, the leading city of Macedonia. And it was there that the Christian church was born. Lydia, who remembers the story of Lydia, the lady that sold purple cloth? She, she converted, and then her entire family converted And the church began in her house. Dramatic events followed. And Paul, in the name of Jesus, freed a slave girl who, from a spirit which made her a source of, um, of gain for the owners, they were using this girl. And as a result of that, Paul and Silas were arrested. They were flogged. And they were thrown into jail. But again, the Spirit did his work. The jail became the setting of another display of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. The jailer and his household were converted and baptized. Isn't that remarkable? It's a remarkable beginning for a new church. First, the conversion of a woman and her entire family, and then for the jailer and for his family. Think about it for a moment. These were probably the most unlikely people or candidates for church membership in the whole of Philippi. And when the city dignitaries discovered that they had flogged and thrown a Roman citizen into jail, not only were they embarrassed, but they were also afraid of what Paul might do to them. So they begged him to leave Philippi, and so he did. On two other occasions, Paul returned. He went there three times in total, and he came to love the Philippians. Every time Paul thinks... Of his friends there, he is filled with joy. And he expresses, expresses it in those gracious words of verses 3, 4, and 5. I thank my God for every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel in the fir- from the first day until now. Right, okay, now this is where some of you are probably getting totally confused about Pastor David's sermon series and mine. James is writing to those who are already Christians, but Paul is writing to new believers. And there are many similarities and good points that believers need to remind themselves of. Paul is talking about faith and faithfulness. It's about us having faith and being faithful, but also he's talking about God's faithfulness. I'm sure that most of us know that great song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yeah? Sing it to me, come on. Great is Thy Faithfulness, great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see all i have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me thank you i was going to feel right idiot standing up here on my own i'm glad you all joined in first of all god is faithful And second, he calls us to faithfulness. And there are lots of different ways we could talk about God's faithfulness. I want to share with you a verse that was given to me many years ago by one of the retired heads of the London School of Theology. And it was during a time when I was ignoring God but God wasn't gonna let me go. Oh no, he wasn't letting go of me. Slide one, we read it a moment ago in our reading from Philippians, verse six. And I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Oh, wow. Well, let's see that about, about that, Lord. You know, I, I am a trier. But today I'm giving that verse to each one of you here. Go home and underline it in your Bible. I know how weary it can become by being a good neighbor and by looking after our friends and our family. Last week, Pastor David spoke about favoritism. And yes, we try to be nice to people even the ones we don't really like. And even when we try to go that extra mile, nothing seems to change. Why? Why is it always the same old every time? Well, maybe we need to look at our attitude. It's not them it's me remember he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of christ and paul reiterates this again in galatians chapter 6 verses 9 9 to 10 let us not become weary in doing good For, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. Now, I know there are people here this morning who are going through a tough patch. I have friends and family that are going through tough times, whether it's health issues, finances, housing, relationships, job-seeking, being a carer, or suffering a recent bereavement. It's difficult to see God's faithfulness during these times. But God calls us to faith. And not only must we believe that God is faithful, we must respond faithfully to God. We must allow God to work in us as he has worked for us. We sing it often enough, don't we? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me, make me, mold me, fill me, use me. Anyway, on to the next slide. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith okay, it's a very important bit coming up, and this is not your own doing. Whose doing is it? It is the gift of God. Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins so that we may have eternal life with him. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul elaborates on what he said. He talks about this life of ours. Groaning, tribulation, sighs of anxiety. He's saying that we're vulnerable. What did Pastor David preach a couple of weeks ago about trials and tribulations? Our vulnerability is exposed. While we are in this life, we groan and moan and sigh with anxiety. But God is faithful. 2 Corinthians 5, 1. God is going to take away these earthly tents that we're in now and give us a heavenly home. John 14. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I I would have told you i'm going there to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where i am now pastor david and i we don't really talk much in fact we very rarely see each other apart from here on a sunday (laughs) we do a lot of our messaging via whatsapp or message But we don't really discuss what we're going to preach. And that's because we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. And I wonder if he will touch on the same Bible story that I am, because this has happened several times. Because there is no greater demonstration of faith than in the story of Abraham how many of you would be prepared to do what Abraham did? Do you know, it's hard even to imagine that kind of faith. Now, if this, is sto- this story is new to you, let me just give you a quick recap on it. But you can read the whole story in the book of Genesis, right at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 22. God had commanded Abraham to take his his precious son, Isaac, to a mountain, and he offered him as a sacrifice to God. When they got there, Abraham stopped, and he said to the two men who were with him, you wait here, we are going to worship, and we will come back. So he and Isaac went, And when they arrived at the place of sacrifice, young Isaac asked with natural curiosity, Daddy, we've got the fire. We've got the wood. Here is the altar. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Can you imagine the pain? In Abraham's heart, what he was thinking was, It's you, my son. You're the lamb. You're the sacrifice. But instead of saying that, Abraham simply responded, God will provide. And the story does have a happy ever after because Abraham faithfully followed the instructions he was given. He prepared the altar, he bound his precious son Isaac on it. He even went as far as wielding his knife to make that final movement of faith by sacrificing his only son. But God called out, God stopped him and told him to look around because he had provided an alternative sacrifice. That's faith. That's how far Abraham was prepared to go. Back in the Old Testament days, when people had an experience with God, they named the place about the experience that they'd had. And so Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To walk by faith is to walk in trust, believing that the Lord will provide, and he will. Lord unto me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He also said, I will give you water, springing up to eternal life and you'll never thirst again. And he said, I am the light of the world. We have to be prepared to allow God to shape our future. We have to trust him. Are you going to walk by faith? and follow the light, or will you let fear, anxiety, dread, and anger shape your future? Let's go back to that verse that was given to me many years ago. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. How am I doing, God? I want to claim your promise. Am I responding in faithfulness? Do my actions reflect those of our Heavenly Father? 1 James 23, Pastor David said it a couple of weeks ago. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at it, he forgets what he looks like. Are you a true follower of Jesus? Who here is reading their Bible at least four times a week? One person. Anyone else? Three, four, five, six... Well, for the rest of you, that's your homework. Not just for this week, but forevermore. Four times a week. Yeah? For those who've joined your home groups, Bible groups, how's that working out? Yeah? Is that good? Are you finding out a little bit more and getting to know people within that group? You're not frightened to ask those questions that you've had in your heart because when you're in that little group, you're growing together, yeah? The church isn't our idea, it's God's idea. It's God's kingdom and God is in charge. God has begun a great work in you And the future will be dependent on how clearly you hear God's voice and how quickly you respond to the Holy Spirit's guidance. How do you respond to our hurting world? Palestine, Israel, Ukraine, Afghanistan, Sudan, the shooting in America this week, and the floods in the UK, and that list goes on, hurting people. The list is endless. Well, Pastor David and I have said it many, many times pause, pray. Reflect and act. And that's the way to approach life. Because when we are called to our eternal home, I wonder what God will say to us. I would like Him to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. But as we know we can't put God in a box. We can't tell him what to do, to think, or to say. That verse, well done, good and faithful servant, it's in Matthew's gospel, Matthew twenty-five, verse thirty-three twenty-three. And it's a story Jesus used to illustrate faithfulness. In the parable, one man hid the money, it's the parable of the talents, one man hid the money. And the other two men doubled the money, and the master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's happiness. Do you know, we can't overlook that reward, can we? Look at that key verse, that key line come and share. Your master's happiness. I know that that verse also says you've been faithful with a few things and you will be ruler over many. That's fine and wonderful, but I believe that the real joy comes. From knowing that you have made the master proud is there any greater joy in life than knowing that you have brought happiness to jesus's heart because you've been faithful to do what he's asked you to do this should be the driving force for our life that we would make him proud of the lives we have lived. Amen.